0: been such a great day already. God is doing incredible things in our midst. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Can you sense it? And we're just so glad that you are here. I'm glad that you chose to be here today. You want to know why? Because we don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out on what God is doing. Well, my name is Pastor Todd, along with my wife, Jan. We are the lead pastors here at Eastside City Church. And again, we're glad that you're here. So I want to let you in on something that, that, again, that happened last week. For some of you that were here, you'll remember this. But maybe if you haven't been here last week or whatever, we decided at the end of our service to pray for people who needed jobs or were just in financial distress. And then we asked the congregation We asked the congregation if they would pray about, just even in that moment, and to just pray about and give some money to the different people that had needs. And I want to tell you some of the things that have happened, or at least one of the things. There was actually a couple that was here who ended up receiving a a bill that was just more than their current financial situation could handle. Have you ever had that where you've kind of got everything is going really good, and then you get that one extra thing that just kind of makes it like all oh, your budget goes out of balance or you just, it just creates stress. And so they came up here and what is so incredible is that, that what was given to them was exactly the amount of money that they needed to pay that bill. Come on, let's give God a hand here today. I want to say this, by God's grace, you were able to be a part of that, and, and who doesn't think God is with us when we respond to Him? I, I, I just it, it still just is so exciting for me. Well, probably for the eighteenth time today, uh, you know what's happening next Saturday, and that is limitless banquet. Uh, I want to encourage you if you haven't bought a ticket. Please go out and do that after the service. The tickets are only $15 for adults, five bucks for kids. You are going to be blessed, and we're going to just believe that God's going to do great things for our church. Secondly, out in the lobby, we started this last week, and this was part of Limitless, but it goes beyond that. We have these cards that are around you. It might be in the seat back in front of you. And on the, uh, the one side of it says, I am believing for. What we're asking you to do is, what are you believing for? What are you wanting God to do in your life? We are asking that you would write down whatever it is that you're believing for. And what we're going to do is we're going to put those over on our prayer wall. For the next year, we are going to have this prayer wall up there where people can put their prayer requests or the things that they're believing God for. And when we go to pray and we do things, like Monday night is our prayer time from 7.15 to 8.30, which I encourage you to come and join us for prayer in our church. Sometimes we're actually going to go and pray over these things because I believe that God answers prayer. And I believe that we are in a season that where God is even going to answer more prayer uh, than we've even seen in our past. And then on the other side, when he answers the prayer you can write out, this is what God did for me. And maybe you didn't even put a card out there. God did something significant in your life that you would write that and we're gonna put those on the other side of the prayer wall so that all of our faith can be encouraged. Who hears encouraged when God does things? And so that's what my heart is, is that you would be encouraged. Well, today I'm going to continue our series called Count the Cost. I wanna begin with our anchor scripture today. And if you have your Bible, please open it to Luke chapter 14, and we're going to start in verse 28. Now, you can follow along on your Bible app uh, as well, or if you don't have a Bible, you can follow on the screen behind me. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, and here's what it says. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you and say, there's that person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Let's pray here today. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that you are here with us. I thank you that you also speak to us through your word. So Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive everything that you have for us. And God, may we be people that not only listen to the word, but Lord, we obey your word so that we can receive every blessing that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 To build things right requires patience, timing, diligence, persistence, integrity, and sometimes even money. There's a cost to building anything, especially if your desire is to build things right. We talk about how to have healthy relationships, stronger character, a deeper relationship with God, and and, and how do we become a follower of Jesus or we honor Jesus with everything that we do? Well, it starts by building a solid foundation. As we learned last week, The most solid foundation that we can build our lives upon is the Word of God. It's not people's opinions, it's not our own feelings, it's not thoughts, but the Word of God is where we should build our lives if we want our lives to stand strong. Now when you are building something and and you want to do things right, who here knows that there is a price to pay if you take shortcuts? or you skip steps. I talked about that last week. And I I, I, I remember when I was just out of high school, I was living with my youth pastor and his family for a couple years of my life. And uh, the church that I was a part of at that time, there was somebody in our church that got into a vehicle accident. It was really serious. And so we drove from where I Grew up in Longview, Washington, uh, all the way to Lewiston, Idaho, which was a seven- or eight-hour trip. And so after we had spent time with the family and prayed with them, and by the way, the the individual recovered, so it's all good there. Um, But as we were driving home, we were like, man, that was a long trip. We should take a shortcut. We should see if there's any other things. And so this was before GPS, so I pulled out the map, and I was the navigator. He was the driver, and I said, you know, we should go down this road. This looks like it's going to be a shortcut. Well, whoever's taken a shortcut that wasn't so short, it it turned out not to be so, so great. And as we're driving, first we went to gravel road, and then it went to dirt road. And then I felt like I was in somebody's driveway. There were animals that were crossing the road. There were sheep bleeding. There were cows. There were cats and dogs. There were people looking at us like they'd never seen a guest for a long time. Well, that shortcut ended up costing us another two hours of time. It was actually something that didn't pay for. You know, when you take shortcuts on different things, it sometimes ends up costing you more. Can I hear an amen to that? You see, the right way is always the best way. And last week, we talked about building a foundation for our lives of generosity, that God's way is always best when it comes to managing our finances. And so I just want to review here just for a few moments what were some of the key points that I that I talked about that first of all, if you want to build a foundation of generosity in our life and I believe this that every one of us is called to be generous that we have to understand first of all that everything belongs to God not some things but everything. That includes my family, my my time, my money, and all my possessions. They all belong to God. And that therefore, because we understand that, we become stewards, not owners. So what's great about that is we're responsible to do our best with what we've been given, but we're not the owners of what we've been given, that God is our supplier. Secondly, I share that God deserves to be first. Now, I shared this principle that I believe that tithing is the best way to make sure we put God first with our money. And whether you believe in tithing or you say, no, Pastor Todd, I am a New Testament giver, that we, that we, we have to understand that, that that makes for us, that we have to understand that grace demands more. That a lot of times when people use that line, it's because they really don't want to give, yet God has called all of us to be givers. Thirdly, I shared that when we, we give to glorify, not to get, we give God because God asks us to primarily, which is obedience. And we give because of what he's done for us, that is called gratitude. When we walk in obedience, God cannot help but bless us. However, when we walk in our own way, we do our own things. We do things according to our own purposes and our own standards that God removes his blessings from our life. You see God's love is unconditional. You cannot change how much God loves you, but his blessings and his favor are completely conditional. Lastly, I talked about that we the, 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 to building a foundation of generosity that we give to extend God's kingdom through the church, that giving supplies the workers for the ministry or, or the workers for the ministry as well for the work of the ministry. Well, today I want to talk about taking your generosity to another level. level, Or maybe a better way is to, is to how to have a generous lifestyle. I believe this, that a Jesus-centered life is a generous life. So we're going to talk about how do you build a heart of generosity. In the book of Proverbs, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote this in Proverbs eleven twenty four. Now, I'm going to read out of the Message Bible because... I like the way that it says this. It says this, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You see, what Solomon is talking about here is he's contrasting two different heart conditions. You see, generosity and stinginess are attitudes of the heart. It deals with our heart. And what he goes on to say is that if you have a generous heart, that your world is going to become bigger and greater and that it goes without end. The Hebrew word for larger, which I'm not even going to try to pronounce to you today, Properly translated actually means to be continual or never stopping. Who wants to see that the the, the the goodness and the bigness and the greatness of God just, it never stops. It just keeps increasing in your life. Well, I'm telling you, one of the keys is to be generous. Now, when we think about this never stopping, I remember when my sister and I were in high school, and she's only a year and a half younger than me, uh, my mom um worked a lot of late nights we were kind of what you'd call latchkey kids we kind of spent a lot of time taking care of ourselves and and so uh, one evening my sister decided to have a bath uh, I, I know some people like having baths i'm a shower guy myself and um, but she decided to go have a bath and so she uh, our bathroom was upstairs in our in our, our small apartment that we lived in and so she turned on the taps for the tub to fill, and then went into her room and started uh, listening to music, singing at the top of her lungs, and things were just going so wonderful in her world. And I was downstairs, and I wasn't really paying attention until all of a sudden, out of one of the light fixtures, water started to drip. It was just like a small, and I was like, what's going on? So I grabbed a bowl, and I I put it under, and I, I yelled at my sister, Lori! She didn't hear me. Now, it doesn't help that my sister also, and this is true, I'm not embellishing, it is a little bit hard of hearing. And so by the time I started yelling at her, all of a sudden I noticed in the other two light fixtures and in the wall behind me, the water just continued to pour and pour and pour. It was not a, a good scene. No matter how many bowls I grabbed, it would not stop. This is what the life of the generous person is like When when they live in that blessing, more resources, more joy, more goodness. It's what Paul talks about in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, when he says, Given it will be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see, in the Bible, when they would go to, to, to get grain from the, the, the storehouse or from the, the, the store or another farmer, they would bring their containers, and, and they, they were used to be very, very precise in how they'd fill it. But what Jesus was talking about here was that, that when they came, it was like the grain would just keep getting poured into them until it just filled over. It was just so overflowing, they couldn't contain it anymore. You see, the blessings when we honor God become uncontainable. Now, Solomon said that is not the world of the stingy person. You see, to be stingy means to be reluctant, to give or to spend, not to be generous. It's that, I've got to hold on to everything. I've got to keep it for myself. You see, it, it, it comes from two different places. Either we have a spirit of greed that's in our heart wanting everything for ourselves like you know I, I want it all for me. I don't I really don't care about what other people's needs are. That's why you can go to places all over the world and it's amazing to me. I've been to Haiti many times. I've been to the Philippines. I've I've been to Mexico and Peru and 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 I've seen places where there's just this vast difference between the wealthy and the poor. And, and, and you see it that, that, that those who are rich many times have little concern for the people around them. Why? Because there's this greed. It's like, how much is enough? You see, when you're greedy, there's never enough that's going to fill that need in your life. And you cannot be happy when other people are blessed if you have greed in your heart. It's one of the signs. The second reason that we become stingy is out of fear. We're afraid that if we we start giving away our resources that somehow there won't be enough for us that somehow that when, when I really need it, I, I'm, I'm going to be lacking or I'm not going to have it. So I begin to store up things. I begin to hoard things for myself because I don't want to be without. And, and it happens a lot of times for people that grew up like I did, where you didn't have very much of anything. And you're just like, man, I got to hold on to whatever I got. And if we're not careful, it produces a stinginess inside of our heart where our hands become closed when God's saying, I want you to Open your hand and be generous and be givers. You see, when we have fear, we can become critical of other people who have more than us. And and we can become like, well, why are they getting blessed? Not understanding that God has blessings for all of us. See, they both come from trying to control resources for the benefit and protection of self. I take care of myself. I'm going to supply my need. And God's saying, give it to me. I want to be your supplier. And because of this heart condition, the world and the resources around them become smaller and smaller and smaller. You see, stinginess is not only an issue for people that have money. You can have zero money and be stingy in your heart. Why? Because it's a heart issue. So how then do we build a heart of generosity? Well, that's what I really want to talk to you today. What can we do? How do we counteract? these things. Matthew 6 verses 19 to 21 shares with this that Jesus is teaching to his disciples and other followers. And he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and the thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. You know, it's really easy to forget about what's really important in life. It's under, hard sometimes to understand that that, that that what we see on this earth is so very temporary. That when we compare our lives to eternity, I compare it like this. If you were to take all of the sand in the oceans, I'm not just talking about one beach, I'm not talking about just one river, but every grain of sand in the oceans, and you were to grab one grain of sand, that's what our life is like compared to eternity. But what we do here and how we live here impacts how we will live in eternity, the blessings we will receive, the promises that God has for us. So Jesus is saying in his teaching, don't worry about the stuff you gather in this life. Why? Because it will not last I remember when I had my first job. I was so excited to get my first paycheck. Do you remember your first job? And I was so excited to have my paycheck, paycheck because I knew what I was going to get. Well, you, you want to hear what my f- starting salary was? This is always where you date yourself. Two dollars and fifteen cents an hour. Two dollars. Some of you work for less than. I mean, I, my f- family's like, well, I work for a buck eighty-five. I was like, wow. So I was made $2.15 an hour, and I had calculated that I was so excited I was going to get my paycheck, and I remember this is how much it's going to be, and I opened up the paycheck, and I looked, and I was shocked because I forgot or I didn't realize there was this thing called taxes, and when I, when I got my first paycheck, I was just like, oh, what Stuff's already taking my money. There's so many things in our lives that that are, are grabbing our money from us. Some of you might be like, I know the governments are thieves, conspiracy theorists here. I know, I've talked to you. We have needs, we have kids that have things. We have things that come up in our life and it can seem like on earth it's, there's always just this constant battle about how do I keep a hold of it? And what I'm telling you today, don't try to hold on to it. Let go of it. Give it to God. You see, Jesus makes the point that at the end of the day, you will not be able to take anything with you anyways. You see, here's the question that we're called to store up treasures, a different kind of treasures, treasures that will last last. So set your heart on what is eternal. What do you treasure? What are the things that you value more than others? Where is your heart when it comes to the things that God has given you? You see, it's really easy to tell what is most important to people by where they spend their money as well as their time. You see, it doesn't lie. When, if I were to look at your bank records or I were to look at a log of, of where you spent your, your time, it would be very, I'd be very quick to say, well, this is the things that are most important to your life. You see, either we treasure possessions or we treasure people. Reaching and helping people. I want to say this, that there's more to generosity than money. Generous, we can be generous in a lot more things than just our finances. How about generous in encouragement? John Holmes says this, there's no exercise better for the heart than reaching down and lifting people up. How many of you, it blesses you when somebody speaks an encouraging word to you? that you, you might be having the most rotten day. You might be going through some difficult things and somebody takes the time and says, you know what, I believe in you or I, I've been thinking about you or I, I'm praying for you. It encourages our heart. It encourages our spirit. I believe that one of the things that we can do is to, 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 to give encouragement. Maybe you don't have a lot of resources, but you always can give encouragement. And the powerful thing about encouragement is that it takes the focus off ourselves, our own problems, our own worries, our own needs, and puts it on other people. How about this? We can be generous in love for people. I believe this, that we should let people know that we care about them, especially your family. If you haven't let your family know that you care about them for a little bit, you know maybe you're one of those people that's like, kind of, I'm not an emotional guy. Uh, I told my wife I loved her once. That should be good enough. Uh, I, I want to encourage you, there would be great benefits to being generous in love and loving words and showing love towards people. Make the time, and, and but don't allow unforgiveness or offense to build in your life. Why? Because you cannot have unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart and love people. It's impossible. They, they, they can't coexist. So make sure that you deal with those things. Allow room in your life to connect with people. People different than you, remove your prejudices about people in need, people of affluence, people of different nations, people who have different beliefs, hello, and perspectives than you do. Hello, am I talking to people here today? I think on Monday we last Monday we had an election or something didn 't we i 'm going to take it right home here, and I know that there are many people that have different perspectives about how they feel about how that election went. Do you know that there are people that have a different belief than you are good people? That they need to be shown love? And I believe what the nation of Canada needs to be shown right now is people that will love each other, that people that will reach out to each other, that people allow people to have different viewpoints, and that we can all come together because Jesus is the center of our lives. Can I hear an Amen. And I'm not going to tell you whether I'm happy or sad. It's none of your business. We can also be generous in our serving. It's easy to get busy with everything in our own lives. Serving refocuses on what is most important, investing in others. Serving helps eliminate selfishness in our lives. I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. We've got to constantly battle that thing called our flesh, the selfish things that we want to do. And so I believe that it gives us a resource that we can give to people and to organizations that are, is more valuable sometimes than money. Now, I don't like volunteering for fundraisers. I've got to be honest with you. I'd rather many times just say, how much does it cost? Here's an extra 20 bucks. Good, I don't have to volunteer. Thank you, got my time back. But you know what? There's something about volunteering for things that is part of generosity. Corey Ten Boom said this, the measure of a life after all is not its duration, but its donation. You see, generosity is a testimony of the goodness of God in our lives. By his nature, who would agree with me? God is generous. He gives us grace. His love, his compassion, his forgiveness. He gives us peace and joy and even provides for our needs. And listen to this. He did this by giving the most important thing in his world as a parent, his son, who died for us, who laid down his life for us so that you and I could have our salvation, we could live in freedom, we could walk in purity and holiness. Jesus did that because God is a generous God, You see, when we show generosity, we show people who God is. We represent the heart of Jesus. Now, generosity is not dependent upon the economy or your resources. Generosity is something that we choose today every day as a lifestyle. And here's what my prayer is for all of us, that we would make generosity our lifestyle, that it wouldn't be something that we do for an event like limitless. It wouldn't be something that we do here and there, but it would be something that's part of our life every single day. You see, regardless of our challenges or our difficulties, we all have something we can give. C.S. Lewis said this, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Secondly, how do you build a heart of generosity? Give cheerfully. Now, I Peter stole my thunder here today using that verse for offering, which is probably one of the most used offering verses. Uh, but I got—I I want to share this with you because I believe that God wants us to give cheerfully. In 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 7, it says, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Who here knows that it's never great when somebody does something for you just out of duty or obligation? Who here likes it in your marriage when you're like, hey, uh, honey, can you give me a back rub? And you get the obligation back rub, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a three second and it's really rough there's no there's no like tenderness in it, and it's, you get the pat on the back, there you go it's It's just not what you were hoping for or as we talked about with our kids. Uh, your kids are fighting with each other. They're eh, they're at each other's throat and you tell them, you know what, I want you to tell your brother or your sister you're sorry. And what do they do? Sorry. <laughs> oh, then you add this one. We've all heard it. Tell them like you mean it. <laughs> well, you know they don't mean it. <laughs> sorry. And then the best, now hug each other. Ah! <laughs> How many of you had parents that pulled that one on you? They've done that. You see, from the body language to the inflection in their voices, it's obvious that they are only doing it out of obligation. It's not very inspiring. It's not very pleasing. And I believe God feels the same way when we give with an attitude of obligation. It hurts his heart because he gives to us with joy and gladness. Do you know God is excited to give things to you? He does not give because he has to. He gives because he wants to bless us. We should always give with the recognition of what God has done for us and what he has given us. And here's the truth. There's actually more joy in giving than receiving. When you are truly a generous person, what happens is it becomes contagious. It just be, you give and you bless somebody and then you're like, I want to give more. I remember when I was the youth pastor here, we would... Every year or a couple years, we would have an evening where we'd tell the young people to come, and that we'd ask them, we'd like, I want you to bring five bucks, and sometimes it was ten bucks, and then we would divide them into groups of four to, to six, and we'd tell them, okay, put your money together. We want you to pray and talk about how you can be a blessing to somebody else. And we'd send them out of the church, it was kind of like, you know, when your parents took... Tell your kids to go play outside and have a little peace time. It was a nice night for me as the leader. I just sit here waiting for everybody to come back. It was really great, and we would send them out to to go meet these needs and, and What was interesting is is that there was just so much joy and excitement whenever whenever they would return i mean there were stories about buying groceries for a single mom who was down to her last dollar and just the tears that these kids got to experience as they were being generous. We had one group one time go to... uh, uh Dairy Queen, and I think if they had the 50 cent hamburgers, you know that one? And they would buy like $40 worth of 50 cent hamburgers and they would go around and just giving them to people in need. And the stories and the crazy things that came out of it, they were like, you know, we got in the middle of this drug deal and then everybody was hungry and we fed them and it's like they had (laughs) communion or something. It was really cool. The list could go on and on. The point is, is that giving was cheerful and life-changing. And I believe that's how it should be. Here's my last point. Give with intention. Give with intention. Have a giving plan. You know, the, there's a statement that says, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I believe that every month, every year, you should be asking, or you and your spouse should be asking God, what, what is it that you would like us to do? What are you asking us to? To do And then set some reasonable goals. Did you hear that word? Reasonable. What I mean by that is if you are like, man, I gave 500 last year and that was a big stretch for you and that was really excellent and I would applaud you for that. Don't say next year we're giving $10,000 you know that probably isn't a reasonable thing. Do something that stretches you maybe say we'll go for a thousand this year we're going we 're going to build on that. I remember when my my wife and I were first married. we were living in an apartment uh, by the University of Calgary. Uh, my wife was a nursing student, and so I just want to say this so, so um, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, uh, I was a, a warehouse worker for an automotive warehouse and 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 so, uh, but we made a decision. We said, God, how do you want to challenge us? Listen to this. He put in my heart, our heart, I want you not to just tithe 10%. I want you to tithe 15%. Well, that was like, oh, okay, God. But we did it, and, and we, we, we went forward with it, and, and you know what? We, we made it, and it encouraged our faith. It was not something, it was not easy, but it was something we planned to do, and we were able to accomplish it. I'll say this to you because my wife and I have been heading towards this. Our life goal actually is to give away 90% of our income and live on 10%. That's what our desire is, and and, and that's where we're heading. You see, success encourages faith. But what about if I'm struggling to make ends meet or I find that I'm battling with lack? Well, we have to remind ourselves go back to last week, who is in control? Who is our supplier? Is it you? Is it the economy? Is it your job? Is it your business? Or is it God? And I say, you need to continue to make it your conviction to put God first. You see, I believe this, that lack is a test of our conviction. You will read all throughout the Bible, no matter how awesome and wonderful God's leaders were, they all got tested. They all got tested with things. You see, God will test us to see where our heart is at. If we will continue to put God first, we will pass the test. And I say this about lack. Lack is never permanent for the generous. You will go through seasons. Some will be a little bit longer than others. I know how that feels, but the season will end. And I declare this for you that have been generous and faithful, and maybe you're in a place of lack right now that you're struggling with things. This season will end. One day it will end. Now, if you're going to be intentional about your generosity, you also have to deal with one thing that keeps you from generosity. You have to deal with debt, you see, sometimes we have lack because we just have so much debt. Many of us struggle to give because our money is tied up in purchases that sometimes we're, some might have been good, but mostly they probably weren't things we could afford. And I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to criticize you. I just know that it can become debilitating. And if you are in the place of experiencing debilitating debt, I want to say this to you. Get help. Get help. Go talk to somebody who can help you. We have people here, I wanna say this, if you're in a bad situation, Come and talk to one of our leaders. We will set you up with people that will help you figure out how to go from debt to actually getting ahead in your finances and your life. Because when you're ahead, it'll give you that opportunity to be able to be more free and generous. Or take a financial course like Peace University by Dave Ramsey. It is excellent. It will help you. It is a great plan that anybody can do. But you can't only have a plan, you got to practice your plan. Planning to be generous is only as good as your follow-through. We should live by expectation, looking for opportunities to be generous. There are needs all around us. People who are hungry for encouragement, and Margo, you can come up here right now. People who are hungry for encouragement. Those who are longing to be loved. Opportunities to serve everywhere and needs that can only be met through the generous donation and resources of people like you. Let's together demonstrate the bigness of God through our lives as we give cheerfully, freely, and with incredible intention. Can I hear an amen? Amen. This scripture in Psalms, I'll finish with this before we pray, says this in Psalms 112, verses 5 to 6. Good comes to those who lend money generously, who conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. You know, I felt today, I actually felt this week as I was praying for people that maybe, not maybe, I know because I know our situation, that there are many of you that are really dealing with lack. You're struggling with the economy, you're struggling with work, you're struggling with things, and I believe today that God wants to help you. He wants to encourage you. I want you to know today that I believe I've given you some cues of how to be generous from wherever you're sitting. The question is, is we've got to decide whether we're going to look at our situation or we're going to look to God.